The podcast that you're getting ready to listen to contains acts of violence, sex, and torture. It is not meant for anybody under the age of 18. Viewer discretion is advised. Twisted Blue Productions presents Brutal Nation, a podcast about lesser-known serial killers and acts of violence. My name is Scott Alexander, and right across from me, we have Tammy Underwood. Say hi, Tammy. Hi, everybody. Thank you. I thought you had more to say. No, I almost did, but then, you know, my brain stopped. Okay, so (laughs) today, we are doing one, and I'm pretty sure this is going to shake Tammy up pretty good. It's the Toy Box Killer. Now, this one has been done a couple times. Oh, yes. But I think it deserves an honorable mention for our Fetish Fridays, just because of the heinous acts... Right. That were involved, and I want to I want to let everybody know that um, David Ray Parker, who's the toy box killer, was never actually ever convicted of a murder because they never right. could find the bodies. The closest that they came, and we'll find this out a little bit uh, later, was allegations of where they might be hidden. Right, and then I don't know if you got into it further because when I started to I because I actually started to research this and I'm like, no, dude, he's gonna do this one. Yeah, I wish I wouldn't have. Yeah, to be but honest, I didn't find a whole lot of like blogs and stuff like that on him. A lot of what I saw was like FBI reports and police right, reports. That's what I found and news reports. So I don't think he's been focused on so much in this arena. You know, and documentary-wise, well, as... There's a couple. But are there a couple? Okay. So I got a great opening quote, and this comes right from uh, David Parker Ray himself. himself. Oh, wow. Satan is a harsh taskmaster. And that statement alone should really let you know... His mindset. His mindset, 100%. Yeah. Okay, folks, here's what I want you to do. Let's do an experiment. Close your eyes. Envision a desert uh, in New Mexico. This is where our story is going to begin. Now, I've driven through New Mexico a few times, and I, I've always enjoyed the, the trip. It's beautiful. It's peaceful. And I kind of like the desert a Yeah, lot. it's very barren, isn't it? It's pretty barren, but yeah. you know, actually, a cool story before we get into David is coming through there uh, at night, and it's happened a couple of times where I can see the lightning storms, and watching the lightning hit the ground. Especially if it's sand or, you know, it like... Well, it's it's way, yeah. way out in the desert. I thought it was pretty cool, you know? Yeah. I used to love that trip. So, while I enjoyed the trip for, you know, obvious reasons, because, you know, I like the desert and the light show is phenomenal, David Ray Parker, that, that was his home. And that's where the Toy Box Killer begins. Yeah. It's around Elephant Butte, uh, New Mexico. Whereabouts is that? Do you know? I have no idea. I'll, I will check for you. I'm not as uh, thrifty as you, and I as many you know, as we've done where you've looked things up. It's I all right. Not. I'm I have my computer right here. I'll check while you sure. keep going. Wait. So, uh, David was raised by his grandfather, and, and he was known to be a real harsh disciplinarian. Um, he was also raised with his sister, and his sister's name was Peggy. <clears throat> Him and his sister uh, were both sporadically really sporadically visited by their father who was known to be um, an alcoholic very violent and uh, David's father uh, we find out by just David's testimony and and what have not and what he's told people uh, would supply him with very sadistic pornography we're talking like BDSM torture pornography and this is his father when right he and come this, to this visit? is while David's still pretty young 
Oh, wow. I mean, we're talking like, uh, I would say probably the latest is his early teens. Wow. And so here, here comes his dad, who is very violent. They know this. He's, a, he's, a, he's, he's shown this to them. And he's slipping, you know, uh, his son, the, these magazines that depict all these violent acts with women. So okay. that kind of sets the stage for where his brain's going to go from here, from where his mindset's going to go. Um, and David, as, he, as he's growing up, he, fi- he found that he's, his greatest sexual fantasies were about rape. Wow. That was his A number one. That's what was really getting him off in torture um, and the murdering of women. And this developed all the way, th- this developed in his teenage years. Okay. Um, and this is according to what I've read on uh, several sites. I've, Wikipedia, of course, being one of them, but uh, several uh, of the uh, psychological reports that have been posted as well. Okay. So that, that's how he's developing in this. <clears throat> so in high school, to add to everything else, along with his violent fantasies, um, he's bullied by his classmates because he's really shy around girls. So he's not come, he hasn't come quite into his hatred of women yet. Yeah, but he's because he's still really shy because, you know, kind of keep in mind, he's having these feelings. He's around girls and still there's part of him that says, oh, I can't be, you know, while this is my deal, I know that I can't be raping and murdering kids, uh, you know, girls in my class. I take it that you looked it up. I did. It is about 147 miles south on I-25 from Albuquerque. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, so it's just straight south on I-25. Sweet. See? So, that's... Uh, and, and so, his sister finds his uh, his stash of bondage pictures and sadistic drawings, sadomasochistic drawings that he had done himself um, that depicted his where his dark fantasies were lying. Okay. So, sister comes across this, calls him out on it. Okay. So... I would only imagine that the rumor kind of the rumor mill in any town spreads quickly, especially in small towns. I can vouch for that. Well, so can you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. As soon as you walk out the door, your neighbors know what you're doing. Where I have failed everybody in this is given the years of his operation. I believe it was in the 80s and into the 90s is what I believe. I'm not. I think you're right. Positive, but I'll. I can check that real quick, too. Appreciate it. You know, I have the computer up just to help you out here. I'm telling you, you're way better at this than me. So David goes and he gets, uh, he, he's been married. Uh, he gets, he has four divorces under his belt. Um, wow. And, and two kids. And now here's a name that you need to remember for the rest of this. His daughter, Jessie Ray, um, is, she's later going to help him out. And by getting women and bringing them to him. So... That shows a lot of codependency. Does it say how old she was when she started helping him? And I, it has to be over 21. I, well, maybe not when she started, but at least through, through her 21st birthday because one of the stories mentions that she goes down to a bar in, uh, I want to say it was Albuquerque, but I'm not sure. Um, that says later in my notes. And, uh, and lures a woman back. So along with that accomplishment, along with his daughter, though, are the women that he dated. So this tells me that he attracts women that are really codependent, that Very. need that attention, along with his daughter, because nobody in their rational mind right. is going to say, you know, because my kids love me. And I don't think that, like, if I, if I went to 
my son, for example, said, hey, look, I need you to go and get women, lure them back into this trailer, which is now my toy box, so I can rape them and beat them right. and torture them. My son's going to look at me and go, mm, no. No, not only rape them, beat them, and torture them, but oh, he just, I mean, because it's like, no. And I actually looked this up for you. His span of crimes was from 1950. Get the hell out. To March 22nd of 1999. So, okay. Yeah. And, he operated a hell and of did a you long talk time. about how many victims he was suspected of yet? Nope. We'll get to that. Okay. A I just bit want, later didn't on. know if you had that information or not. So as I'm looking at uh, what his toy, and his toy box was a trailer. He was a truck driver. So he gets a trailer, parks it on his property. Right. And that's where he created his toy box. He runs power to it, the whole shot. And the power is really important for some of the things that he has. And as I'm looking at the pictures of what the toy box actually looks like, and this is the pictures that were taken by the police and the FBI. Right. And I will try to link those on the website. I mean, have them on the website because they're FBI, so it's freedom of information. I don't have right. to worry about copyright. So I will have a lot of those on our website when we feature him so that people can get an idea of what we're talking about. Right, the sick mind that we're talking about Yeah, because we would, remember, we had originally talked about doing him on a different day until we realized that he... Is very fetish. Yeah, he's, his was very fetishy. Yeah, and the difference being is that in, in some of our other podcasts where sex is involved, it's not the primary exactly. feature. It's like a secondary right. uh, thing for, like, uh, in the case of, like, uh, we talked about uh, Carl Penn's rant. Right. He was featured yesterday. Right. Um, you know, with, with him, the sex had nothing to do with the killing. Exactly. So much as establishing a dominance. Exactly. Exactly. And, and kind of taking out what others had done to him. Do you want to others? Right. So that's why he didn't fit into anything fetish because it wasn't a fetish. Right. It was establishing his dominance. Exactly. He did it as a way, as a means of dominating and torturing. Right. And a coping yes. skill. Yes. So as I'm looking into these pictures, right, uh, it looks more like a rummage sale from a BDSM store. It did. Right. Because he's got every piece Everything. of torture and bondage equipment from ball gags to masks to whips to chains to handcuffs, nipple clamps. Right down to a, gyneco a gynecological chair. Right, the table with the, the, table with the stirrups. Yeah, with the stirrups and we're... That are very uncomfortable, by right. the way. Uh, for, <laughs> when, for when you women get... I can't say you women because that's kind of me. I mean, when ladies and women... Because I don't want to make it sound like you women like you're your own species. We kind of uh, are. No, sort of. But anyway... Um, <laughs> the dominating when, species. When you're getting like your pap smears or, you know, the doctor's right, checking exactly. you out. Right? And didn't he also like have like... Batteries and stuff to do like torture. Oh yeah, we're gonna get into oh, that. Oh okay. Here's where it's gonna make you cringe. I don't want to hear it, but go ahead. Not only has pulleys and straps, whips and chains, he's got surgical blades. He's got okay. saws. Wow. He even has it rigged up to administer electric shock. <gasps> numerous sex toys. That's a given, though, right? Oh and yeah. Syringes and. Posters detailing exactly where you should cut, stab, poke, inject. So, like, autopsy type and uh, dissecting type posters? Those along with where to where everything will inflict the maximum amount of pain. Holy shit, dude. Yeah. I mean, he this... did a lot of research to set up his toy box. Right. So, he's got this toy box sitting there. He not only has his daughter helping him, but he comes across a girlfriend. 
And her name is Cynthia. Oh, there's name not Cynthia. I'm trying to find where we're going to have to get to her name. I can get it for you. Don't no, worry. It's in my notes. Oh. I just buried it somewhere because, you know, I'm I'm a jackass. That's, that's the only way to put it. Um, so he would also put them in uh, wooden contraptions so that they were bent over and allow his friends and even his dog to rape them. Oh, my goodness. His yeah. dog? And that's where, honestly, that's where my stomach started to turn because, as we've mentioned um, in a few other shows that we do, I'm a huge animal fan, you know? And dogs are my thing. My yeah. best friend is your dog, Ghost. Oh, yeah. And I couldn't imagine Ghost even doing anything, you know? Right. So you're, You'd have to train them. Yeah, you're training this dog to help you rape women and calling your friends up going, hey, I've got another one. Let's beat her, electrocute her, torture her, do whatever we want, and rape her. Right. So, to to further add to the victimization, he would leave a recorded tape on, on a loop, playing Mm -hmm. with his voice on it, explaining exactly what was going to be done with them when he got back. Because uh, a lot of times, they, they would be unconscious, when he got them there, which makes sense because they're going to put up a struggle if they're not. I know that I would, you would, anybody would. Yeah. So they wake up to this tape playing with his voice on it saying, when I come back, I'm going to, you know, fill in the blanks. I'm going to whip you. I'm going to beat right. you. I'm going to rape you. I'm going to cut you. I'm going to inject you. I'm going to, you know, do these things to you. So now the torture isn't just a physical thing. Correct. You know, because I think that honestly, if I had to go through just physical torture and nobody said anything. You'd be able, but his, it like, I read some of the transcripts, because I'll try to post a link to the transcripts as well, because I have that. It was a mental torture. He beat them down with his words. Right. He he tortured and abused them on, on every level. Yes. Physically, mentally, sexually, everything about it. From, well, you can say, you know, from, from the time that it starts to the time that it ends, from cradle to grave, it yeah. was all about torture and torture with the intent of extreme, violent, raping sex. That was his sexual fantasy. And mm-hmm. He got to live it out. This is somebody who enjoyed watching his friends and his dog rape women. Yeah. Rape them. That's just, you know what? My stomach is turning. I'm glad I didn't mine, eat before this. Mine didn't. That's why I said we should do this one here and get it out of the way early in, in, in all yeah. this. Because it literally, it, it turned my stomach. Yeah, exactly. Well, and when I was researching like fetish killers or what they call lust killers, which is the same thing, right? It basically said that there that um, they have a need in them, and it like big, builds up this sexual tension, and the release is the actual committing of the a violent acts or murder. Correct. So it's like they have all this sexual tension, and then it's like they're orgasming by committing these crimes. Yeah, that's that's their it's, final. That's, that's yeah, what it's really like, gets them oh off. my goodness. Um, yeah. So the end of his reign of terror came three days after he abducted Cynthia Virgil. Okay, this is right. on March nineteenth of nineteen ninety nine, and Cynthia was approached by Dave, David, because uh, he was posing as an undercover cop. And he informed wow. her that she was under arrest for solicitation of prostitution. So no, was she a hooker? She was a hooker. Okay. Okay. So that that part's legit. Okay. But he was not a cop. No. Okay. Not by any means. By any means, he's a he's a truck driver. Yeah. Um. He puts the cuffs on her, 
and he takes her back to the toy box. Uh, he then changes her to the to the gynecological table. Okay. The, the gynecologist's table. And over the next three days, he rapes her. He tortures her um, with the help of his girlfriend. This is the name I was looking for. Cindy Hendy. H-E-N-D-Y. Right. Okay. So two of them, uh, Dave and his girlfriend, use several instruments of torture on Cynthia. I exported my notes. Sorry. No, you're fine. I need a bigger desk. You need one of those. I do. Things that lay it out side by side. So before torture, uh, Dave plays that the tape with his mm-hmm. voice, detailing exactly what she's going to endure. Exactly. Yeah, because, Everything. Because he planned this out. This is all premeditated. Oh, yeah. It wasn't like, hey, I'm going to go in and I, I'm going to beat her. No, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. In his head, he had this all planned out. I'm going to start with this. Yeah, he had a role he had to play out for each crime, didn't right, he? Exactly scripted yeah. in his head. That's the, that's the sense that I get from it. So that's why he was leaving the recorded messages. And he would follow that down the line. You know, I'm going to start. To if, the letter. Yeah, if the, if the recording said, I'm going to start by taking a whip and whipping your back until you bleed. That's where he started. Right. And followed it down the line. Now, did he drug these women? I yeah. didn't. Okay. Uh, it said that, that I believe that he used scopolamine. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Which is also used in what's called truth serum. Yes. It's uh, from, I believe, uh, the Nazi times. Yeah, the 1940s. 1940s I've heard 1930s, of it. 1930s. Yeah. Um, scopolamine. So, in an interview, Cynthia, his victim, <clears throat> uh, said uh, that the way he talked, I didn't feel like, like it was his first time. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding, huh? It was like he knew what he was doing. He told me that I was never going to see my family again. And then he told me that he would kill me like the others. Oh, so he basically admitted to doing multiple murders. Right. He he admitted to it. But once again, you you don't have bodies. This is true. There's no proof. Right. And New Mexico is a whole lot of desert. And unless you're gonna dig up all around, like probably within a hundred miles of Elephant Butte, yeah, well, because he was a truck driver, he could have buried him anywhere. Yeah, it could have been absolutely anywhere. We don't know what he did with the bodies. Um. So, on the third day, Cynthia had noticed that Cindy, his girlfriend, had left the keys to her restraints on a table that it was near. Oh, okay. Okay, so Dave has gone to work. He's out working, and uh, when Cindy went to another room to make a call. Uh, she went for the keys. Now, keep in mind, man, think about how sick and twisted the Cindy chick is. You're in the toy box. Yeah. With a woman that is being tortured and raped and brutalized, and you go off to another room like, hey, I'm just going to call my friend Donna. Yeah. I'm not saying that there's a Donna involved. No, but I see what you're saying. Yeah, it's like, I'm just going to go make a quick phone call. Yeah, like like it's nothing. Yeah, like it's a Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, like there's like uh, the woman in the other room that you and your boyfriend are victimizing isn't even there. Yeah, pretty much. So that tells me that she probably didn't even think of uh, Cynthia even as a person. Yeah, which a lot of them don't. Right. Uh, it's more of a, it's a thing. Right. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's pretty damn sick. So she goes off and makes this call, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Cindy Caesar and, uh, I'm sorry, Cynthia. Caesar. Yeah. Caesar leaves. She goes for the keys. So Cindy notices. She's like, oh, shit. This woman's going to get away. Yeah. 
So check out what Cynthia does. This is Cynthia beautiful. or Cindy? Cynthia, the oh, victim. Oh, okay. I just want to make yeah, sure know, in my mind. That, that's why I keep kind of going back and forth. Yeah, because Cindy it's... is short for Cynthia. Exactly. And so my mind keeps like going back and forth. Anyway, she goes to the room, makes the call. Uh, she makes she goes to make her escape, and here comes the girlfriend. Tries to stop her. Cynthia is like a superhero. She grabs an ice pick and stabs her. Good for as her. She's approaching. Oh, that's what I thought when I was reading. Dude, it's good. It's, it's like, like we're happy... watching a movie, and I want to clap right now. <laughs> that's how I felt when I was reading. Like, you go stab this yeah. fucking woman. Don't just injure her. Stab her in her eyes. <laughs> right. I think she stabbed her in the neck, but I'm not. Oh, that'd be exactly funny. sure. That could just be something that's in my mind, like how I'm visualizing it. Um, so Cynthia, the victim gets out, she runs to a, a neighbor's house, pounds on the door. They call the cops and that's how they get caught. Right. Okay. So the, the, the cops come out, they, they find Cynthia, they find Cindy, she's stabbed, she's injured. Uh, and, uh, they, uh, they searched the house and, uh, they arrested, uh, David Ray, David Parker Ray, and Cynthia Hendy. Right. Okay. So David Ray Parker was, like I said, never convicted of any murders because nobody, nobodies. Wow. And I had read that Cindy Henley had taken the police to a location. And this is where I was saying before that it's kind of a spotty thing where the bodies were buried. But she claimed that she was drunk uh, when her and David went out there, and no remains were found in that area. Yeah, well, she could have also been leading him on a wild goose chase, too. Which is probably what it was, trying to get her, her sentence a little bit lessened. Yeah. And we'll get to that in a second. Here's the thing that I think is the most messed up of the whole thing. Ready for this? No, but David Parker Ray died in prison before they His could... His trial even started? I can't remember. I think he was already convicted, but uh, he, he dies in prison. He's done. <sighs> Yeah, just completely done. And then, let me give you another kicker. I don't want to hear it. Go ahead. Cindy Henley was released from prison on July 15th, 2019. She walks free today. She's out. Yeah, and she's not on parole or anything anymore, is she? Probably not. I didn't see anything about parole. She might be, because we're only two years away from 2019. Yeah. But, um... I've I've seen some of them actually get out with no parole because they just completed their sentence and there was no... yeah. I can't see how any... Why did they even agree to parole her? Right. And any judicial system, just because even without the bodies. Right. Just looking at the torture itself. Mm -hmm. And her codependency. Right. You can can see the mindset. Mm -hmm. You know, how is it remotely safe? And I'm not an yeah. expert. I will say that a million times. I'm not an expert. No. But in my own mind. But common sense. Right. It makes me wonder how the hell that is even remotely safe to release her into the general public. Yeah, because even if she didn't commit the torture or murders herself, she could easily, easily hook up with somebody again that's going to do it. Well, she probably will. She's going she's gonna to find somebody else who likes to victimize. Mm-hmm. Because from what I've read about people who victimize, it's empowering. It, it is. makes them feel very, very, very powerful. And that goes along with a lot of types of abuse as well. Mm-hmm. So what's to say that she's not going to go find the same situation? Yeah. And because these type of people are drawn to each other like a magnet. Right. And I'm not even saying for murder. Okay. No. I'm saying um, it could just be a number of crimes. 
where they're where they're victimizing mm-hmm. somebody. I don't think that. I, can't I don't be see safe. society being safe right now. No, not especially not in freaking New Mexico. <laughs> yeah, dude, and they have some of the harshest penal systems around as New Mexico. I didn't know that. Yeah, because oh. um, that's where. I don't know if you heard about it. Remember the riots back in the, I think it was in the 80s or 90s where the prisoners got, they rioted Ooh, yeah. and burned, you know, burned and tortured guards and right. other inmates and stuff. That was New Mexico. Holy shit. Yeah. Hey, I'm impressive. Go New Mexico. Yeah. No, I used to watch Lockup. That's how I know. <laughs> That's my fault for not watching that much TV, I guess. Yeah, no, you'd like that show because it's like pretty interesting to hear those <laughs> stories. I'd be cringing, man. Well, and then they show people who actually act out and shit to have the like the cert team come in, and it's like holy shit. You would think if somebody was tasing you, and you know, and this one guy they shot the beanbag rounds at him like ten times. And he's like, okay, if you shoot me one more time, I'll come down, and he did. It's like they shot him one more time, and he came <laughs> in. I'm like, dude, you're just playing with him now. Jesus Christ. But yeah, man. it was it's very interesting cuz New Mexico is like I said is one of the strictest penal systems out there. Right. Well, one thing I couldn't find and and I did look was where his daughter is. So we can't forget about Jesse. I didn't see anything on it. Let me see, let me do a little bit of digging real but quick. But in my defense with all the reading that I did to get this short little synopsis of, of what's happening with him, yeah, my stomach was honest, and it takes a lot to turn my stomach. It does. You know, I've got a pretty good constitution, mm-hmm. but reading some of the in-depth things that I did that describe the exact tortures and and things like that, um, I may have overlooked where where his daughter Jesse Ray is. Um, she might still be in prison. Might not. I would did doubt she that get- she is. Did she go to jail? That I don't know. Okay, I will find out. Because for everything you. that I saw was focused on uh, on David and his girlfriend. Okay. I just kind of caught in in the few things that I read, or everything that I read, uh, little blurbs about his daughter going and and helping get women to the toy box. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's it's kind of a scary thing to think if she's. Out and about, just like Cindy is, because those two can always reunite. We're getting the band right. back together. She was charged with kidnapping women for sexual torture and was arrested on April twenty seventh of nineteen ninety nine. Okay, so around the same time, same yeah, year. Yeah, and then uh, she. Oh no, it doesn't say anything. It says Cindy Ray. What I mean, Cindy. Cindy. Says Cynthia Hendy, so it's like I was getting confused. There yeah, too. that's that's where it confused me. That's yeah. why I kind of stumbled a little bit. So let me see if I can find anything more on the daughter. Just go ahead and keep going. All right. So yeah. Um. So I'm I'm reading through it, and like I said, the 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 toy box. I mean, it was just it was, uh, it was it was a dungeon in a trailer. That's what it was. It was almost um, medieval, with the exception of you know the power tools, the saws. Surgical blades, uh, electricity, electric shock, um, wooden contraptions that he had made, uh, and all that stuff. The other thing that I couldn't find is what happened, or if they ever found the quote-unquote friends that were raping these women with him. Right. That I couldn't find anywhere. I looked for that. Yeah, and they did mention a David Yancey, wasn't it? 
I know the last name was Yancey. I, I think so. Yeah. But I couldn't really find um, what was happening with him. Like, yeah. Did he disappear? Did, you know. Dennis Yancey. Dennis. Excuse me. I don't want to. I don't want people to be like, you know. Yeah, hey, that's my name and I'm not a killer. Well, you are now. Yeah, um, you kind of are. Yeah, <laughs> welcome to my world. Um, so, yeah, there's there's a lot going on with that. And I actually had to cut my research short. Like I said, as I'm reading into it, it actually shook me to my core. Because I, I know the evil that men can do. You know, I'm not, I'm not a moron uh, and I'm not sheltered. But I didn't think that anybody in this modern age of time, you know, uh, was even capable right. of going to not just the torture. I understand torture. Okay. Right. The extremes and getting other people to follow you to do that. Right. The daughter only served two and a half years. But I can't find anything on where she is See, today. That's, that's, what I, that's what I was saying. I, and I couldn't even remember... You know, that part is, I, I really couldn't find a whole hell of a lot on her. It's like yeah. she just ghosted. She got disappeared. Right. And it does say that he died before he could even be interrogated. It, that's what it was. Yeah. That's just sick yeah, to me. I, you I took had the to, sissy's way out. I really had to cut mine short. I, I had, it's just, because in my head as I'm reading this, mm-hmm. this stuff is playing out. Oh, yeah. And one thing that really sickens me is seriously extreme violence to to other people you know um because i come from a violent background i've done a lot to change my life mm-hmm. so those things kind of just rock me to my core and just everything about this guy exudes violence right and not just violence i mean violence is violence like if you normally go to a bar and you're fighting in bars and getting arrested yeah that's violent this is sneaky violence. This guy had to think this through, plan it out, yeah, know what he was doing, because he went uncaught for that long. Yeah, for 49 years. How old was he when he got caught? Because I... And, well, hang on, just close out that page. I, I, I think he was born in the one. 50s. Well, it said that it was from the 1950s. He was born... 1939. Oh, he was. Okay, my bad. So he would have been, what, 39, 11 years old. Starting 11 to 20. Yeah. No. 39, 1950 minus 39 is only 11. Oh. I, I, I wonder if they're putting that into the category and, and saying that it started then because that's about the time you're coming into sexual maturity a little bit and yeah, your dad's I'm giving wondering. you yeah because i'm pretty sure he wasn't driving a uh, a tractor trailer no but did he start like you know see that's i think we might have to do a second one on him oh, i was hoping you but would not I, say that i'll do it myself i'd appreciate that like seriously yeah. i can't stomach this guy to see if i can find out early crimes that would be good. I couldn't find any early crimes, you know, but as far as him and his girlfriend, Cindy, I wouldn't pee on them if they were on fire. That's, um, you know, I wouldn't either. They are both. And you know what? If Cindy wants to sue me, bring it on. Yeah. I'll I'd like it. to talk to her. Yeah. I'll tell you what, even better yet, Cindy Henley, if you are listening to this podcast, because yeah, uh, the toy box came up, you shoot us a, uh, email, an email, let's or get comment on our webpage. Let's get your side of the story. 
exactly. Yeah. I, if you and, have a side of the story that's different than what we are thinking and what we're commenting on, call. I mean, contact us. We'll right. be happy and you to know hear what? your side. And and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're just a victim uh, yourself. Uh, yourself. That could be too. You know. And if that's the case, we'll talk before we record you. Anything like that? Change my mind. That's what I'm asking. Change exactly. my mind. Make me not so disgusted in yeah. the whole damn thing. Taking and making phone calls while somebody's being tortured in the other room, things like that. Because maybe I'm wrong. You know, it happens. And if I'm wrong, I apologize. Because she could have, what, Stockholm Syndrome? That's one of them. And there's the codependency issue, too. Yeah, that's true, too. If if somebody's really codependent, you tend to overlook a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. Because you need that acceptance. Because you... Are afraid they're going to leave you or hurt you. Right. And, and then so you don't think do that they love you to as much. Please them. Right. Right. But at the same time, it's like, you know, right now, as far as I'm concerned, she was actively involved. And that's what that's I'm the thinking. That's the opinion too. I have. And, and I, I have very little empathy for her. I also extend that offer out to Jesse Ray. Yes. If, you know, hey, Maybe you were seeking your dad's attention. Maybe and he abused you. And right, there, there's a million things that could have gone on. Um, you know, I want to get your side of the story too. And if I can find you guys, I will actually send you an invite, and we'll make this happen. Because uh, if I'm wrong, please, please, by all means, prove me wrong. Yeah. You know, uh, I I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to you know play a pissing game. No, and but I'll listen to your side of the story exactly. And you know what? We can be, you know, we could be totally off on what we're thinking because we're thinking worst case scenario. Well, true, because we're not given anything otherwise. And and actually, his daughter, I almost understand. Yeah, um, because I kind of think about some of my friends that grew up and some other people that I know that for the longest time really sought the approval of their parents. Oh yeah, you know, and they would do anything just to get that little bit of approval well yeah for it, it never to come exactly. like it's never good enough ever yeah and as you're talking i keep thinking back to because i i love serial killers so much that i was infatuated with the series dexter oh hell yeah you know the serial killer who kills serial killers you know so but there is one season when they do the trinity killer yes his Daughter, daughter was yeah. doing some of the murders to take the take the um focus off her father. Right. Well, his the, daughter, who he didn't want anything to do with, tried to disassociate from her. When she contacted me, he goes, "Don't you ever contact me again? I will contact you." Type thing. So she really wanted that love from him that he was given to his other children. Right. And well, and that's actually a really good comparative because if you think about the. The character of the son of the Trinity Killer. Oh, yeah. Here's this kid who's doing everything to make his dad happy. He's playing sports and he's doing good in school and kissing his dad's ass. And, uh, you know, and you can see it's really for two reasons. Number one, he knows his dad is capable of great acts of violence. And that's he does. evident when he gets, you know, when he when he loses his shit and beats up the car. Oh, yeah. And uh, then it's like, holy shit, my dad's going to kill me. And his dad damn near does just. Beats, you know, knocks him around, beats the shit out of him. Yeah, and the youngest daughter was so terrified of him, she came on to Dexter to try to see if he would get her out of the house. You read my mind. When Dexter was outside and she came and said, well, take me with you because you seem really nice. And um, 
I can be really nice too. Yeah, I'll basically have sex with you if you take me away. Right, and then she puckers up for that kiss, and mom yeah. comes out and says, I'm so sorry. She's just kind of weird or whatever she says. Yeah, and then he locks her in her room. Yeah, Remember with, with that? Actual locks. So it's a, it's a good yeah. comparative. Jesse, 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 maybe, maybe it was a situation like that. Yeah. And if it is, by all means, get Let a hold us, of us hear your side of the story because, you know, if. There's a different side, and it's something where we can empathize with you or try to understand you. Get that word out to the public. Otherwise, people are going to read this and think that you are the worst kind of pond scum. Well, yeah, that's true. That's one of those things that you yeah. can never you really can't, live down. You, you cannot escape that. Right. I'm willing to help out any because, you know, learn the real story. That's, exactly. that's the bottom line of it. Learn, exactly. Learn the real fucking story. Okay, so that's all I have for the Toy Box Killer. Oh, my goodness. David Parker Ray. I keep on wanting to go Ray, Ray Parker. Parker. Me too. That's how I. That's what I kept referring to him as. But no, and you know what? I was kind of reading through this when I was looking for some information that you were asking me. And that Toy Box trailer, the semi-trailer, is still in FBI um, evidence lockup right now to this day. I wonder if I can get into like, FBI if we can, and stuff. If, if we can petition it. Anyway, that's a whole thing. I know. Wouldn't well, that be like, I wouldn't want to tour it because. We'll do that during yeah. a production meeting, though, see if. Uh, we can. Yeah. I would do yeah. it, but I would honestly have to contact my doctor for some Xanax. Something. Something. Yeah, um, yeah because not only that is, I'm a very big believer in the paranormal. <laughs> yeah. So that's a different podcast too. Yeah. That's, that'll be another podcast that twisted blue is going to be developing soon, but I'm a huge believer in the paranormal. And if this stuff happened in that trailer, could you imagine even just the residual energy there? Right, right. Oh, there was one more little fact that I wanted to throw in here and it was one of the victims and I don't know what I did with the notes. I can find it. I have it right. So, one of the one of the women that he victimized gets her throat cut. He dopes her up with scopolamine, dumps her at the side of the uh, of a road. Mm-hmm. She thinking that she's dead. She gets found by the cops, brought back to her husband, and if I remember right, he had just basically dismissed it all. Saying, no, you were out fucking around on me. You were cheating on me. Yeah. That's you, all you were doing. And then doing. he petitions for divorce, and the cops don't believe her either. Right. Yeah, yeah, I was reading that. I think that right there really shook me as well, because when something like that happens, whether you're a woman or a man, something traumatic happens, you should be able to go to your spouse, you know, for a little bit of support. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't there. That, you know, pretty much, ah, uh, that didn't really happen. You must have done that all to yourself right. and cut your own throat or whatever. Her name was Kelly Garrett, also that called Kelly Van Cleave. And she was actually interviewed later for cold case files because her f- case was still a cold case file. Oh. Yeah. It's what it's saying here. But, yeah, her husband believed that she'd been cheating on her and was not on the night she, she was attacked. And he sued for divorce. Yeah, it's ridiculous, man. Yeah, and she moved to Colorado, so. That's right. Okay, I kind of, re- I remember now. Yeah. Because apparently I that didn't get just, When you told me about that, because, I mean, we kind of, when we're doing the research, we kind of share a little bit, holding some back so that, right. you the know, it's like. most traumatic stuff we tend to share. Yeah, because it's like, you can't really wrap your mind around it, you know? So if you share it, it's like, okay, so I'm not the only one thinking about this. Right. Exactly. But yeah, when you were telling me about how he didn't even believe, dude, that is your husband. 
And yes, you might have been having problems in your marriage, but something like this, you need him to believe you. Right. Or at least somebody, at least the cops to look at you and go, hey, man, she's really jacked up. Let's at least look at this. Yeah. Because it's not like she was a hooker. Right. Pretty much everybody around her said, you're full of crap. We don't care. And then you go home and your husband says, fuck off. Yeah. I'm getting a divorce. I'm getting I don't divorced. believe you. Yeah, I don't believe you. Go away. Yeah, that adds insult to injury right there. Yeah, that's... That, is that being... almost brings you to the point where you believed you deserved what happened. Well, I believe so, yeah. And you, you're basically, you're double victimized. Exactly. You were victimized during the actual mm-hmm. uh, acts in the toy box. Mm-hmm. And then after you managed to survive... Right. Everybody else is telling you, you're a liar. Yeah. That's that's messed up. I couldn't even imagine. Could not imagine. I mean, not to that extreme. I mean, because when, you know, because of some stuff in my past and everything, when I finally made the accusation, like tried to bring it to light, right. what happened, I was told by certain people, you're just making this up. Right. You know, I've discussed that. Yeah. And I'd be like, you know, I'm not the only one telling you that this has happened to them. It's, you know, there are several people (laughs) saying, no, this happened to us on different occasions, not together. Right. You know, so how can we all be lying if we're all telling similar stories? Well, see, and while that's really bad, you know, I can kind of almost see why, because it's trying to protect that person. Well, I can too, but at some point you got to realize this person needs help, not protection. Oh, no, totally. I totally 100% agree. But, you know, on top of that, though, with it being outside of that, as far as, you know, here she goes back to her husband. Yeah. And there's there's visible evidence. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure that if anybody's cheating on anybody, you're not going to throw yourself onto the side of a road. And you're not going to let the person leave bruises. And a... Cut and, across your throat. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, I don't care if I am with a girl and I have caught her cheating a thousand times. If I see that, yeah. I'm like, okay, no, what you're telling me is the truth because nobody cuts their own throat as an excuse. That is, that's, it's, yeah, it's, it's that against is going, nature. Yeah, it's going to an extreme to cover up your real actions. And really, who's going to go to that extreme to cover up an affair? Right. Right, exactly. You know, it just doesn't make any sense. And I just want to shoot the guy <laughs> who said it wasn't true. It's like, dude, get a freaking life. No kidding, you know? man. And even if you're not in love with that person. Or you know, don't trust them. Something that extreme, maybe you got to kind of put down the hatchet, so to speak. And say, okay, let's at least try to figure out if it's true. Right. You know, treat it as if it's true. Let's get you some help. Let's, let's yes. figure this out. And then if it comes out later that she did fake it, then get mad and divorce her. Oh, yeah. Well, but he, at least treat it like it's true. Even if he wanted to divorce her during the days that she was missing. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. But there comes a time that a loved one is coming to you like, okay, I don't get along with one of my brothers. Exactly. You know, but if he came to me today and said... Dude, somebody abducted me, and they beat the shit out of me, and I need help. You'd be right there. While I don't trust him, okay? You'd still be right there. I would. I'd be like, okay, dude, no problem. I'm I'm on a flight. I'm flying to you right now. Let's figure this out. Yeah. Because that's what normal goddamn people do. Yeah. Because all my animosity towards him 
needs to go to the side. This is a family member. And if you're married, that's a family member. Right. And another thing, though, too, is even if because even if she's had affairs in the past and everything and she doesn't have the history of being gone for so many days. Right. And if she's gone for so many days and nobody close to her has heard from her, because even if she's having an affair, she'd be in contact with somebody. Right. You got girlfriends, you, you have got family girlfriends, members. You have family members, you have everything, coworkers. Even. Right. So check into that. It's like, okay, well, if they haven't heard from her, I haven't heard from her. Her story is probably true. Right. There has to be more to the story than she was cheating on me. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm sorry, in the past, if she's cheating on me, was she gone for five days? No. You yeah, know? it's like, huh. Dude, that guy's a piece of shit. Yeah, it's like, let's play a little bit of Blue's Clues here. Find that paw print, put it in your goddamn notebook, and think. And then sit in your damn chair and think. Exactly. Yeah, no. I I firmly believe that guy's a piece of shit. And, and I, I got to admit, reading that disgusted me almost damn near close to as much oh, yeah. as, as David Parker Ray. As long as much as David's action, yeah, Ray's actions yeah. himself. Because he compounded the abuse and the torture. Oh, exactly. By dismissing it, you're compounding it. Because in my head, you know, uh, okay, the same way that I, this is actually going to play in, I'm not trying to do a self-plug or anything. No. Um, I write music. That's part of how I make exactly. my living. And how I write music is if I'm working with a client or even if I'm doing one for me is I see a movie in my head. Right. And it's got no sound. And I write the music to fit the movie because it needs to explain it, whether it has words in it or it's just it's for an orchestra. Right. Um, it has to explain the movie. Right. So in my head, I'm watching this played out. I'm watching this woman get found. And go, oh, my God, I'm finally safe. You know, we're good. The drugs are wearing off. I survived this. Honey, I need some help because this is, you know, police, I, the, you know, cops, sheriffs, whoever, I need help. You're lying. Take you to your husband. Hey, he'll believe me because my husband loves me. Hey, honey, this is what happened. I need some help to at least get over this. You're full of crap. You're lying. You were cheating on me. Piss off. I'm going to file for divorce. Jiminy Christmas. I'm surprised the woman had, didn't eat a gun. Yeah. Well, and not just that is the medic, the drugs that he gave them was given specifically to induce amnesia. Right. So she couldn't take him back anywhere. She couldn't lead him to where he was. Right. She couldn't do it. So that's not her fault. Right. Right. And well, and some people confuse the, the, some of the symptoms of amnesia. It doesn't mean that you forgot absolutely everything. No. You just forget large portions. Well, it is similar to date rape, the yeah. date rape drug. Right, and that is uh, Rufinol. Yeah, or even Versed has been used That's in right. that case. You had said Versed yeah. as, Which, as well. But at the same time, it's like, so these medications are used specifically for that purpose, but you believe date rape victims. Yeah. Why didn't you believe this woman? Yeah, you know, and then, he, like I said, she, she was double, if not triple, victimized. Right, and the 90s were the height of date rape. Yeah. So, yeah, what every that whole story made no sense to me. Uh, It didn't me either because, you know, uh, I've I've said this a hundred times. If it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck. It's a damn duck. It's it's a that's exactly what it is. It's not not a goose. It's not a reindeer. It's a fucking duck. Yeah. So here you find this woman. She's battered. She's bruised. The big thing is her freaking throat is cut. Yeah. Just not enough to kill her. Well, yeah. And people, unless they really want to die. 
do not just slice their own throat. Right, exactly. Well, even then, you know, if, if you're talking cutting, it's it's wrists or it's a femoral artery if they're really, you know, savvy. Yeah. It's not going to be across your own throat. It's not. Yeah, you know, and, uh, you know, they're, they're looking at her still saying you're a liar. Because that requires a lot of pressure, too. It does, and it's really against... Nature, I mean, nature itself, because in, in your mind, you have a self preservation. You do, everybody does, right? That goes you're back desperate. to that goes back to what's called the lizard brain, right? You have a will to survive, right? And that's even when you know, when you're super depressed and all that, even when you want to eat a gun, um, you know, or, or off yourself, you still have that will to survive. So, let's say you progress past that, you want to die, that's your goal. How do people do it? You eat a gun. You medication, medication, OD. yeah, yes. OD with alcohol. Usually, alcohol is involved. You cut your wrists. You jump off a building. You hang yourself. Nobody cuts their goddamn throat. Yeah, the only extremes I've ever really seen that in is if it's like you're faced off with somebody and it's like, okay, this is my only weapon. Let me do this. You know, you've heard. I've heard stories about people. Yeah, yeah, have been confronted by police or getting arrested. They don't want to go to jail, and that's the only thing they have. And they have literally sliced their own throat. Holy shit! Yeah, but at the same time, it takes a lot of pressure, and that is like a last resort. Exactly. Yeah. So we're gonna wrap this one here up. Yes, let's do. Um, because. Like I said, this was one of the harder of the ones I had to uh, look into. Yeah, and I apologize to anybody, but it's something that I felt needed to bring light to, especially because of that one victim. Yeah, that was That nobody super... believed that if somebody comes to you and says something like that, believe them until they're proven wrong. Right, at least entertain the thought. Don't tell them to yeah. fuck off. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I bet you everybody listening to our podcast think that I'm not going to cuss during it. I'm yeah. betting. Dude, no. You say fuck a lot anyways. I do. That's actually one of my favorite words. Yeah. But, but yeah, uh, no. So, I just, like I said, and I'm sorry if this haunts you, but, you know. It's definitely worth if you're, you know, looking into something that's really brutal, look into the Toy Box Killer, because it's brutal. Yeah. So, if you have any questions, thoughts, or comments, you can send it to us at BrutalNation.com dot cast at gmail.com or you can click you can go to www.twistedbluellc.com that's our page click on brutal nation and send us a message there this has been a production of twisted blue productions and we'll see you next time bye everybody bye bye